I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> Poorly timed yawn. Welcome to the podcast where we read a chapter of the Bible a day. Sometimes we read the whole chapter, sometimes we don't. Let's we, see how far we get today. We're we doing do what we do. Luke chapter 5. And this starts with the calling of the first disciples. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, last time we were talking about Jesus healing uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just listening to Mark. Because I like to also listen to the Bible while I'm getting ready and stuff. And I think when I was listening to it, that it had these stories in the other order. Hmm. And flip back in my Bible in a minute and look. But you mentioned that last time. Is it possible this is... The chronology is different? Yeah. Because I think... I will look in a second, but... I think in Mark... They had the calling of the first disciples, and then Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother after that. Yeah, and the different disciples are going to highlight different events for different reasons. Uh, I mean, if you look at two different newspaper stories, they might put two different events closer together so that people make a different connection. Off head. I mean, here, if we've just talked about the healings, I mean, there's a lot of healings in well, chapter do, four. Then, okay, just to play devil's advocate. Wait, hold on. I have to sneeze. No, I don't. No, I'm good. Okay. okay. If they're not reporting it in the right or the same order, does that mean that one is wrong? No. Or that they're errors no okay i mean they don't because here i got back to mark and in mark chapter one verse 14 says the calling of the first disciples after Mm -hmm. john was put in prison jesus went to galilee well we're going to read this today but anyway the whole fishermen come follow me and then it says they went to Capernaum. Jesus drives out an evil spirit. And then verse 29, after, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. So in Mark, it's reported kind of in reverse order. Where we are in Luke, chapter 4 had Jesus going to Capernaum. Jesus went to Simon and Mother's house, and now in chapter 5, we're going to do the calling of the disciples. So what's with the inconsistency, and how do you how do you explain it? Well, the calling of the disciples, I would say, is Jesus was training his disciples, and they were part-time. So they would have been fishermen, but then going and going with Jesus to do certain things. And then when he finally says, come follow me, and 
James and John drop their nets and leave their father and follow him. It's not the first time that they had talked to Jesus or left with Jesus. It's Jesus saying, now this is a full-time position. Well, you're kind of like answering a different question than I asked. I know I will talk about that today. Right, but what I'm saying is the inconsistencies. They're following him. And then he calls them to, like, do this work full-time. That's what we're going to be, like, talking mm-hmm. about today. Spoiler alert. But what I'm saying is they they put this in different orders. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to reread all of Mark right now, but it said words like, then they left the synagogue, then they went to Capernaum. And so it sounds, like, chronological. But here in Luke... You know, it says Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. And now this chapter starts with one day as Jesus was standing. So that means that maybe this could have happened it earlier. It could have happened before. And sure. now they're just now it's he's like telling it and out of order. Says one day. Yeah, it's okay. the reason why Luke is uh, putting them together in this order. I would have to look a lot tighter, but it's not or closer at these to see why they're grouped in the way that they are but so he's like recalling stories but he's not necessarily putting them in chronological order is that what you're saying correct so uh, luke has done a whole bunch of healings and a whole bunch of things early on in jesus's ministry and then he talks about the disciples so it's like a different okay topic change so he's sometimes writes mm-hmm. topically. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I assumed that they were all in chronological order, and that they would line up a little bit, even though some they leave some things out or some stories are in one but not another. But this is like the same three stories; they're just in different orders. No, there's a good uh, if you want to look at them in chronological order. There's something called, is it Burton Goodspeed? I forget the name of that guy that put it together. But it's called A Harmony of the Gospels. Hmm. And it will show all of the accounts of, let's say, the calling of the first disciples. And it will go as best as he can figure chronologically through it. So you can just read side by side the different accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when they come up, you can see where they come up, and you can see the accounts that are together. So it's kind of an interesting uh, read or resource, I guess, would be the better thing, because it's kind of difficult to read when you have four columns. Hmm. But Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get started then. Luke chapter 5, The Calling of the First Disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people. That's the Sea of Galilee. Yes. With the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Anything strike you? Well, I've read this section a lot before. Mm. I mean, and yeah, like I said, I've read it a lot before. I've taught it a lot before. There's things I know about it that maybe some people wouldn't know, like that they fished at night and, you know, Mm -hmm. this happening in the morning and he's he preaches from a boat because he wants to you know be able to project and everyone can see him you know he's not it's kind of a weird thing to be like I'm going to get in this boat and preach but it was actually his way of amplifying his you know station people could see him better and hear him better Mm -hmm. when he's further away people can't crowd up on him um Simon what strikes me is Simon Peter his attitude, you know, he's kind of a, what do you say? Fearful? Oh, I was going to say charismatic. I don't know. He's very... Uh, Emotional? Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot to say, you know, outspoken, mm-hmm. maybe. And he doesn't really record what anybody else says. Because who else is there? Simon and... James and John. Mm, but who's Simon's partner? Andrew? Yeah. Andrew and Simon are together, and then James and John are there also. And only records what Simon says. Yeah, Simon is just great for quotes. <laughs> he just... Well, he... Well, it says, for he and all his companions were astonished. Mm-hmm. And so, but he, you know, he says, go away from me, I'm a sinful man, and, you know, we're... Recording this kind of on the heels of Holy Week. It'll be a while till it's out, but anyway. <laughs> Just thinking about him on Monday, Thursday. You know, don't wash my feet, Lord. You know, he's just always got something to say that's like... I don't know. I don't want to say self-deprecating, but he's like trying to be humble then at the same time he also has a bragging side to him too mm-hmm. and this is like go away from me I'm sinful well I think it's when he's confronted with real power mm-hmm. that it's not oh, I want to be by this I want to follow you I want to see all the amazing things it's oh please don't use that power against me you, you know, if you really saw who I am and the thoughts that were going through my mind, I think it's 
truthful. I think it's honest. I don't think it's just self-deprecating for the sake of Jesus saying, oh no, Simon, I want you to be by me. Come on, let's go. Yeah. I, I think it's genuine. Yeah, I, I don't know how I read it after just thinking about all the things that he'll do in the future, do and say. And he kind of always take, you know, he takes the lead of the disciples often, and he's one of Jesus' closest, you know. So it's just kind of weird when he says stuff like this, and and that's the only line we have. Mm-hmm. They've been talking probably for some time, and you know, well, I guess I shouldn't say it's the only line. He says something in verse five. We Simon says we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Again, I don't know why. That just strikes me as like a little, I don't know, cocky or something. Like he could have just said, okay, if you say so, Jesus. But he does a whole like (laughs) explanation like, well, we haven't gotten anything, but I'm showing I have faith in you. And yeah. You know, like, I don't know, he just talks, the way he talks through it out loud is a little, like, you know, not just like, yes, Jesus, okay, but he has to explain why he's, I'm going to take a leap of faith, and I don't really think this is going to work, but if you say so, I don't know, it just is, just a little, uh, I don't know. I think the Holy Spirit is working through him, and Peter, I mean, as you read through these, at least for me, it just becomes really relatable. Mm-hmm. Where I see, I mean, again, with Holy Week on mine, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Where ta- all of these different things are, I really want to follow Jesus, I really want to be the best, oh, but this is who I am. You know, these are the mistakes I make all of the time. And the fact that he does talk through that means that we don't have to speculate about what was going through his mind. Right. That he says, because it's not that he says, yes, Lord, of course, you know, and that's Jesus' disciples that were just... Right, and to me it just kind of read like he was like hedging it, like I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't think this is going to work. We've done this all night. Exactly. And like he's just... But we... We we do that all the time. I know. I'm not saying I'm better than him. (laughs) But then to go back to what you're saying about how he's relatable and you can see what he's thinking and stuff, some of the other apostles we don't really know much about at all or have any documented words from them, you know, like, or very few. Very few, yeah. And then Simon Peter we seem to know a lot about. Okay, so then speaking of Simon and Peter, is it, it, will it in Luke talk about him having two names, Simon, Mm -hmm. Simon Peter, Peter? Yeah, because he's going to get his name later. Oh, he is? Is, do we just read that? No. Blessed are you, Simon. No. You should be called Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Pretty sure we didn't read that. I think that's in John. (laughs) Maybe that's John. uh, 
the end of John 6. Well, here John in verse 3, he's Simon. Five. In verse 3, he's Simon. In verse 5, he's Simon. And then in verse 8, he's Simon Peter. And then he goes back to calling him Simon. Okay, let me look. Because I think it's in... The only reason I know those verses that offhand is because my confirmation verse is John 6, verse 68, which is a quote from Peter, But Lord, where shall we go? You alone have the words of everlasting life. And I think that's followed up by Jesus talking about um, changing his name. Well, Sorry, it's taking me a minute. No, it's okay. I just was thinking about it because, well, when I just mentioned the other disciples, there is another disciple named Simon, right? Yes, Simon the Zealot. Yeah. And then there's Simon Peter. So I was just wondering when he got the name, if it was before he was called... Like, because this is the when he's called from being just like a regular follower to being an apostle. And, or maybe Luke's just recording it, Simon Peter, in like retrospect. Like, the person that we call Simon Peter now, this is what he was saying. Hmm. Even though Jesus no, he's, doesn't call him Simon Peter. He doesn't. Right, it's Simon and Andrew that are the brothers, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee. But I take that back. It's not in John, so I would have to look for the actual reference where it comes from, the confession of Peter. But that's where I remember his name being changed, where it says, Right. Blessed are you, Simon. Okay. Um, so that'll be a little bit later. But we're, we got a lot of this chapter Well, we could go. probably do this little next section. Okay, let's do the leprosy. The man with leprosy. Sure. And then that's like halfway, and we can do the other half next time. Okay, so moving on, the man with leprosy, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground, begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. All right. One of many healings we'll hear about. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not the ten lepers. This is just one man with leprosy. Yeah. And, uh... Something that stood out in this section to me that I didn't remember is Jesus telling him to go offer the sacrifices that Moses told him. Yeah. Normally, I I mean, with the lepers, it's, hey, go show yourself to the priest. Because the priest would be the one that says, okay, you can come back in the community, you can be in the synagogue. But to offer the sacrifices of Moses, you know, it's Jesus is not coming to 
abolish the law, he's still, until the time when he dies on the cross, is telling people, follow the laws um, that you were given. So it's... What do you mean he didn't come to abolish the law? Well, he came to... What I said that in a very weird way. Yeah. What I mean by that is, I think I shot ahead in kind of a teaser for tomorrow. We're going to talk about questions about fasting and plucking grain on the Sabbath. And so we'll talk about Jesus explaining uh, laws that were following for many years. But in this case, he is not telling the people the laws of the Old Testament don't have any value to you. He's not coming and saying, okay, nobody offers sacrifices anymore. Nobody uh, remember the Sabbath day. You don't have to fast. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. But later, like we read in Acts and other things, mm-hmm. it Jesus did abolish the law. When his sacrifice is complete. Right. But you said it weird. Like I, he did didn't say, come. I did say it in a... I think that's actually heresy because he... Anyway. He, he did... Well, he did come. It's he came heresy. to fulfill the law. I, I misspoke. Oh, goodness. Which is, all right. Well, okay. I'm, well. I'm tired. I apologize. <laughs> well, so uh, when he... Uh, you know, he says, don't tell anyone... I'm kind of glancing ahead here, too. We never really did the wedding at Cana. It maybe is just not in Luke. Mm-hmm. But at that time, he tells them, the disciples, don't tell anyone what you saw. For some time, he's saying that. Don't tell anyone what you saw. Why does he say that? Because he wants to preach. If, he doesn't want people to mob him for miracles. Yeah. It's just, it's going to get to a point where he's not going to be able to talk because people are going to be pressing on him so much to just have him heal people. Even at the end of this section, he continually has to go pray, go to lonely places. He's not on earth to be popular and have people give him honor and glory before he mm-hmm. dies and but he does the dead. miracles to show his power mm-hmm. to show that he's not just a yeah, like not, a new random rabbi he's he's showing that he is god but then it's like he doesn't want people to know about that that always confused me when i was a kid like now it makes more sense like he wants to what you're saying get move around more freely and not be people wanting him for earthly things and you know just a I don't know miracle worker if you were telling someone about what you saw at that lake with Jesus Mm -hmm. what would you tell them would you say this guy preached a sermon for two hours and was awesome here's all the things or would you say we caught he told us uh, these disciples or these fishermen to go out in the middle of the day and they caught so much fish the lakes were overflowing. 
He wants the people to focus. <laughs> yeah, the lakes were overflowing with fish. <laughs> the <laughs> it's okay. a picture in my head. Okay. Um, he wants. No, he I wants know what people you're to... saying. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that when you read these sections out of context or they're not explained, it seems odd that Jesus does a miracle, but then doesn't want anyone to know about it. Mm-hmm. Like if he didn't want people to know he was powerful and can do miracles, then why didn't he just not do them? Why didn't he just preach? Obviously, he did the miracles because he wanted to show that he's not a new Pharisee or a new rabbi or a new, like, just a a preacher. He is God's son. He is God. He can do anything. So he's demonstrating his power, but then he doesn't want the power to be sole focus. I don't know. It's just, yeah, like, sometimes I wonder why didn't he just preach more before he started doing miracles seems like the preaching and miracles started at the same time Mm -hmm. and once the miracles started even though he tells people not to tell anyone you could see in this section news spread about him anyway so if he really didn't want people to know about it and people to flock to him or you know press against him or basically mob him why did he even start doing all this stuff in the first place could have could he have preached from you know age 27 to 30 and then started doing miracles or you know I don't know why I changed the ages but you know preached from 30 to 33 and then 33 you know had three years of miracles after that like we hear about his ministry being three years Mm -hmm. but it seems like the miracles and the preaching all start at the same time I think it's important to remember that he or at that time they didn't have the the same technologies that we have I, I mean that's a very obvious thing but if someone said this man had leprosy and then he didn't or this man was paralyzed and then he didn't unless that happened in your town you might not believe it it might just turn into a tall tale. So when he's doing all these different things in different places, he's making it clear that every single message that he's preaching is really the word of God, and it's backed up by this authority and this power to do healings and do all these different things. But he has to prove that in many different places. So he's, it's not just, Jesus was a great preacher and... Some people said that he healed the sick. Where some people said that he was able to allow paralyzed people to walk. He does these miracles over and over and over again in big crowds. So it's, he did these things. And there are so many witnesses of them that it's undeniable that he really did have this power. I guess that doesn't quite answer the why didn't he said not to tell people but well, I, I don't mean, think it stops them from telling people obviously it doesn't because even this guy when Jesus was in one of the towns a man came along who was covered in leprosy Yeah, he says if you're willing make me clean so he must have heard about Jesus before he came mm-hmm. he hasn't probably met Jesus before so he's you know heard of his reputation so mm-hmm. Oh no! Just I just say I it's would... not for earthly glory, 
Yeah. He's going to get earthly glory, but that's not the reason why he does the miracles. It's not, I healed you. Go tell everyone how powerful I am so they listen to my message. Mm. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to think about that for a little while. All right. Well, and we'll, we'll do the rest of this chapter next time, or we'll try to. We'll see what happens. Sounds good. Have a good morning. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.